Hello. 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 You can be heard. I can be heard. ZZ, on your end of things, do, do you, can we all yep. be heard? Yep. Are Looks we, like it. We're we all good. Start? We're streaming. Oh, look at this. At last. Right. Just as we've gone live in a, in a car. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you've got a seatbelt on, though. Yeah. I am. I'm driving home, so I will be driving, but I'm, I'm totally cool. But the, the, the virtual background looks amazing, so that's cool. It Thank does. you. Yeah. This, this is where I'm driving home from. Oh, I love it. And I also love that you've got like a couple. Just a couple. I mean. Are you on the back of a horse with a seatbelt on? Yeah, that's what it is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so on that, on that note, hello everyone out there in internet land, and welcome to another, and by another I mean the second edition of Improv and Me, a discussion of improv and mental health. Um, we had one of these in August, I believe, as part sure. of, yes, yeah, part of the Extreme Improv Extremes World Championship Festival Month, and it was a fantastic idea that uh, Ashley came to me with, and... It was a great show. We were getting into some things, and just because of the schedule of things, we did have to cut things short. So we promised that we would do another one. Um, and then Zizi, I'll allow to uh, fill in some of the blanks here. But you uh, have something going on for which you felt this would be uh, an appropriate show to to have as part of what you've going on. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. So, um, so I, I've been running a online festival over September and October called the Good Mental Health Festival. And um, actually, this was inspired by you, David, and the um, and championship that you did because um, it really. Uh, I think what what you did there it touched a lot of people over the lockdown period and um this is when i got connected with you it's how i met um ashley hannah um danny i knew before but you you this was all kind of part of part of this thing that you were doing and um and it brought a lot of joy to people and and it um inspired me to think okay let's do something similar um but i also used that to kind of raise some funds i'm, I'm involved in a um a charitable organization called called the good mental health cooperative and um we had some funding to do some work um on, for converting some online workshops into sorry converting some workshops into online stuff to support people and that funding then finished and we were looking for more funding and it's actually like a really expensive it's actually quite costly to keep putting out for funding bids so i wanted to find some um, pot of money that we could use to help us just kind of cover some of those costs while we keep looking for more bids and you know keep trying to put on more support so the festival that i've been running has been all in aid of the good mental health cooperative to try and raise some raise some funds and also reach out and bring some joy to people you know and and kind of we've had some like heart um very kind of tough conversations about some difficult topics that needed to be heard and we've also had some fun streams like we did a, i did a music night the other day and um and we've had a dance event um and on friday david's hosting us a improv show Woo. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. That's uh, Friday at 7 p.m., which will 
be a shorter Extreme Improv Extreme show than usual, but it will be a nice lead into our usual Revenge of the Werewolf show. So we'll have a like a, a mini bonus show this week, which uh, you can never say no to, like a bonus improv opportunity. Um, so obviously there's a load of things we can touch on. I think we decided beforehand that this would just be a bit more of a uh, free flow chat where we'll be able to talk about any things we want. Obviously, it was uh, World Mental Health Day on Saturday, I believe. I want to suddenly mm -hmm. uh, get that detail wrong. Um, and obviously, as you touched on there, ZZ, mm -hmm. uh, lockdown, uh, improv, being able to do something, just improv in general does bring, for me, it brings a lot of connection with people and a lot of joy and being able to relax and be able to have fun and take your mind off of other things, especially this year where there's a lot going on in the world. Uh, does anyone else want to throw in on any of that? Or I think we have someone at the door for pizza <laughs> delivery. Someone's knocking at the door. Someone's ringing the bell. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay. This oh. is true improv style. People are just dropping in whenever they feel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Now we roll. That's cool. That's cool. Should we? No, obviously, oh, I, um, was gonna, I was just going to throw in the eye, obviously. Yeah. Work for a um, I work for the NHS and oh, Mark. yeah, introductions, introductions. We've got oh, yeah. Things. oh, yeah, do you know what? Let's do this, Ashley. You can like get the ball rolling on proper introductions. <laughs> Thank you, David Pustansky. Uh, my <laughs> uh, so I'm Ashley Edwards and I am the uh, world champion extreme improv of 2020 online. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm also a clinical lead speech and language therapist uh, working within dementia and end-of-life care and I work uh, in the NHS in Essex and my trust specializes in mental health so we, we've got folks who have a lot of inpatient units and whatnot uh, and um, so obviously my trust has done a massive things to mental health awareness week uh, including obviously as you can imagine NHS staff no one's clapping for us anymore no one claps uh, that we're getting thank you uh but please carry on driving uh we're getting what's called a little bit of compassion fatigue and i think a lot of staff get quite weary and then the mental health awareness week they started kicking off these little rest nests where nurses can go onto zoom and just have a chat and a gossip and a moan and uh i think that was quite successful as well uh but tonight i would love to talk about uh, things like stress and anxiety and improv and I'd also like to talk about improving the mental health and well-being of people with dementia with improv. Oh, okay, fantastic. Um, Zizi, you've said a bunch of things, but anything else you want to add to your introduction? Um, so some of the people watching on my stream, because I, I don't know if everyone's fully aware, but we're streaming on two different platforms here. Um, David's doing his and I'm doing mine. So people who are watching mine may know me by my my proper name, um, Sarah Haskett, and because obviously with my work, that's the name I use. <laughs> um, and then I have my my sort of um, arts name. So uh, people who know me through um, through performance, they'll know me as Zizi. Um, so I'm a, so I'm a psychological therapist and a mental health nurse, and um, and I dabble a bit in improv performance, um, and a few other sort of some comedy things and I'm, I do a bit of dance as well yeah so I'm yeah, really brilliant. 
I'm really keen okay, just to so have this in, chat. In fact, just we'll continue the introductions, but what just because you mentioned it there, ZZ, yeah. um, what what are your platforms? What are your, your channels? Just so that mm -hmm. anyone watching the Extreme Improv channel can hop over and give a like, subscribe, whatever, just because you'll be able to find all of the good stuff that ZZ's doing. You can sure. find it at? It's Creative Mental Health. Um, so you can find us at, uh, I think it's Facebook, Creative Mental Health UK. Um, and yeah, just search Creative Mental Health and you'll find it. <laughs> okay, brilliant. Uh, I can next always up, Hannah. put a little thing up on the... Hiya. Um, I'm Hannah. I'm driving currently, that's why I'm not looking at the camera. So you've got my attractive Peter K side profile to contend with. Yeah. Um, yeah, sorry. Uh, I'm uh, an actor improviser. I don't do anything with the NHS, but I would love to. Um, away from acting and improv, I am an equine rehabilitator. So I rehabilitate horses that have had not the best starts in life. Um, but that's not really important. Um, I fully support the NHS. I fully support mental health and well-being. Um, I'm here today just to, well, hopefully at some point get home, um, but also <laughs> just to support, support the cause, really, and uh, have my input when, when and where possible. Okay, Aww. thank you, Hannah. Um, I didn't realise you were the driver of this vehicle. This is the second time we've had this happen on a show recently. And Elkie did it first. Elkie. <laughs> It's a trend. It's it a is. trend. Yeah, yeah. I, I catch you not, and everybody I, needs to do it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit anxious, actually. <laughs> well, exactly. Well, so this is like this is a test. We raise our anxiety, and then we see how we cope with it. Okay. <laughs> it's all right. Oh, I've been taught by the best house. Oh shit! I've been taught by the. Best house. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> the fucking squirrel. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, Elky. Elkie, uh, oh. introductions, please. I'm Elkie. Um, I've been an improviser for almost 10 years now, and um, I perform all the time because I am a self-proclaimed um, improv junkie, and um, improv does indeed keep me sane. Um, when I don't do it, I, I, I remember two weeks I had gone without, and it was weird. So yeah, I need improv in my life, and it, it really helps. And I, mm -hmm. I'm glad to be part of this uh, discussion. Okay, brilliant. Uh, just for myself, if I didn't say my name, my name is David Pistansky. I created Extreme Improv, and I'm excited to be here. I teach drama, I direct drama, uh, and I've done a lot of teaching and working with improvisers over the years. Uh, and it's amazing, just before we get into it any further on that stuff, uh, how much I find that people that I've come across find that improv helps with their mental well-being, and, and that's in so many layers and levels that we'll get into, I'm sure. Mm. Danny, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. My name's Danny. Um, like Sarah, I'm part of the Portsmouth Improv Experience. Um, unlike Sarah, and probably unlike anyone else in this room, I only do the improv for just over a year like i'm still very new to it um yeah and also have sort of lived in mental health experience which i'm happy to talk about with you guys for watching nice okay yeah so um where shall we get started with this guys where where do we want to begin uh i'd just like to just very 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 briefly 
just kind of summarise what we just discussed in the last one we talked about. And I think one of the main themes that we pulled from that last show was that the with improv, where you're taught to be fully present in a scene, to be fully listening to your counterpart person, is often one of the best distractions you can have for the stresses that are going on in your life at the moment. And it kind of forces you to bench all those stuff, all those things, and really put yourself in that moment. And um, and I think that was one of the main things that we kind of all agreed on together. And I I raised the, the point that at a very, very stressful time in my life where my mental health was very poor, uh, the one thing that kept me grounded and the one thing that I committed to the entire time was um, going to improv. And I genuinely, genuinely got me through that troubling time. Yeah, um, you know, everyone here, it's like, a, it's a safe space, but obviously this is a live stream as well. Uh, so no one feel pressured to be able to, uh, to have to share anything they don't wish to. But I think just generally speaking, I think probably I can take a guess that we can all agree that times everyone goes through times where their mental health is perhaps, perhaps needs a little bit more care than at other times. And would we all agree if we're here that uh, improv has helped us with this? Yeah, definitely. I think for, for me, it's the freedom. It's the freedom just to kind of go with whatever comes in your head. You don't have to think too much. You know, and actually, if you think too much, then, um, you know, that could that can come as a barrier to improv. So one of the things that that you want to do is is just to kind of go with it. And I find that really freeing because often like in my life, um, in my, in my job and outside of work, um, because my personal nature is to often just say what's in my head, I often have to be quite restrained. Um, and I'm often worried, you know, I'm often thinking about how people might interpret what I'm saying. Um, you know, and, and sort of really having to be very careful with my words. So one of the things I love about improv is it lets me f be free of that um and i can just roll with whatever comes up and sometimes it might be really inappropriate but that's okay because <laughs> that's what improv's about you know you can be inappropriate and it's actually appropriate <laughs> right Absolutely. um so on that on that on point i i i find that um improv is a great practice for real life, if you think about it, um, yeah. you can you can say whatever. I mean, you know, within you know moral boundaries, um, <laughs> but um, uh, you 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 can say whatever to uh, somebody. It's pretend. It's it's a, an imaginary scenario that mm -hmm. probably will never happen in real life. Maybe, you know, some some I know some people use improv to. Um, to get over um, experiences by, you know, recreating it, but like differently. And it's, it, it's, it's freeing because it's like, like I said, it's like a practice. Like I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, let me try something out. It worked in improv. Maybe I can try it out in real <laughs> life. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that idea. I do. Mm. I think, um, was also because I did a lecture recently at um, a cathedral of all the places for me to be uh, and it was about uh, comedy and mental health and I also talked about the benefits of laughter and I don't know when you, all, when you all do your improv classes and when we all do our shows online and when we all do our bits and bobs 
I'm often constantly laughing at the things that my uh, fellow improvisers are doing. And there is, there is evidence, there is clinical evidence for the benefits of laughter, including, including raising your serotonin levels, including uh, strengthening abdominal muscles and burning mm. calories. There's so many good things, I mean, including like, they've even like yogas jumped on the train with laughing yoga. Um, but that's another part of it. Like by the, at the end of an improv session, my size often do hurt because of the amount of laughing. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Laughter is so important. Yeah. yeah. No, it's really good. I must say that like, for me, because I've done long form improv and so I've even done like a 24 hour improv show and that's mentally quite taxing, but we're all told to have a soap buddy, somebody that looks after you and you check in with. Um, but f and, and that's always often very funny. There is some emotional moments in it or an emotional song that you'll do. I find pure long form improv, where it sometimes it's very emotionally exposing, I have a lot of difficulty with, and that might be a character that I have. But opening okay. up pure emotionally is my thing that I have difficulty with, whereas I feel a lot safer in short form improv because I know the scene will end. <laughs> Please let it end. Uh, <laughs> But I also like the predictability of rhythm. And I, I've been doing a bit of work at the moment on audience psychology. And when you're doing a scene, you think about when's the audience laughing? Is it gone a bit quieter now? When do we finish the scene? When do we have a transition? And um, for me, I think getting into that rhythm on a stage really makes me feel grounded. And I feel a lot more comfortable there because I know kind of how this environment works and these interactions are going to go with the audience and myself. Mm. That's, little, that's my stuff for you. Right. I, that's why that's why I love um live um improv. I mean, I miss it. Zoom is great. Um, but it's that it's that instant um instant yeah. gratification. Yeah. Yes. Of knowing, oh, that worked. Okay. Yeah. So let's let's keep digging in on that one. Or um if it doesn't hit, then you know, okay, let's move on to something else. It's it, that audience is that gauge. That's what mm. that's what um I love live theater. It's it's very um, it's so freeing because it's like um, when when you don't hear the audience, you you kind of freeze up in a way. Yeah, Not, I mean you can you can you can perform the hell out of something, but something is like like closed because you're like, did that work? I don't know <laughs> that joke. Like yeah. I mean, yeah. I went in on it. Was it worth the effort? I I, I can't tell. <laughs> But, you know, tells no, me afterwards. Mm. Completely empathise with you on that. What about you, Danny? Because obviously you've been doing improv for a year. Um, you are effectively, you're in preschool of improv, even though you don't act like it when you're performing, darling. Uh, how's that journey for you? Obviously, um, yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting one because um, I, I don't have, like... I don't have any experience with theatre at all, like as an audience or as a performer. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm trying to think how I first came. So I think it was um, I saw Brian, who's always the leader of our force of improv group. I saw him posting on a Facebook group, and I'm um, so I was like, this seems interesting. I need, I, I want to also get into something creative because otherwise I'm just like. You know, stuck in a rut of like working a nine to five job and just doing nothing else in my spare time. So um, my best friend sort of encouraged me to give it a go because um, he's he has experience with theatre. So I, was, I turned up and you know I'm I'm um, 
David, I think you might be able to vouch for this, but I'm actually painfully shy. Like, <clears throat> yeah, um, okay. So, uh, Danny, uh, the interesting thing, especially we've been doing these shows online, is I met you once pre-lockdown. Uh, literally, the penultimate extreme improv show we had uh, before there was the, the lockdown, literally a week before everything locked down, in fact. Um, I met you, I met Brian, and a couple of other guys because we had a show in Portsmouth. Uh, and you were all great. Uh, Danny, you were great. So uh, then when you popped up uh, first in the chat here, and then you said about doing the show, I was like, and I, because I remember you were commenting on shows before I even realized that you yeah. were Danny who I'd met in Portsmouth. And I was like, get on the screen. And, uh, and yeah, obviously you've been doing the shows like with us for the last three or four months now or something like this. Feels like it, yeah. Yeah, and, and I can say, like um, <laughs> great. I was about Feels to put like, yeah. it in a nice way. Right. Um, <laughs> I was, I was going to say that um, one of the things when like, when you're a director of shows and things is you get to uh, see people's development and stuff and, I just see how much more into things you've got over time, how much more comfortable you've got. It, it's great seeing lots of people just being able to relax and we'll chat to each other when we're uh, like on messages and things off shows. And it's just connecting with people and it, it builds people's confidence and it be, builds people where they can feel that they can be a bit cheeky to each other, case in point um or just you know just relax and and open up and become a little bit more extrovert not that you have to be extrovert and you don't even yeah. have to be extrovert to do improv because uh i would say i'm an incredibly shy person myself oh i think when um because what my, the first the first time i turned up for a session with portsmouth improv experience and i think it was sarah wasn't there for this one she was there the second time i turned okay. up um so it's me, Brian, and a couple of other people, and I, you know, I, I just like stiff as a board. Like I, I don't know what I'm doing, which is ironic because um, obviously it's improv. Um, so when I was called upon to have to do something, um, I think it, I think one of the first thing I had to do was some sort of similar to like extreme monologue, except I was allowed to repeat words. <laughs> Yeah, so it's not a statistic game. Yeah, um, yeah. but obviously, even even then, I was like, oh, "Okay, I've got to do it on this subject. Um, what do I do?" What I was just too busy thinking and trying to actively be funny that I don't think I was actually funny to the to the room at the time. Um, not so much in an awkward way, but it's kind of like, "Okay, well, he's clearly new." Um, but I think it was like as I sort of started going to more and more of them, obviously, I started opening up more. Mm. Um, I think actually Brian actually said that um, you know, since I started coming, obviously, like David said, that I, my um, involvement has obviously gotten better and I seem to be coming out of my shell a lot more. Um, but I'm, despite all of that, there's still, there's still always going to be a part of me that's kind of like doubting myself, you know, like, mm. um, I don't know. But you won. You won this I week. Won <laughs> you did win. I was... <laughs> Yeah. It's been three months. You won. <laughs> Fair. If, if, like, just for anyone who's been watching the extreme improv shows, we'll we'll usually end, and it, we always make the joke that if you do best impressions, you win the show. Going back a couple of years, we would have the extreme monologue as the finale game. 
if that was still the case, Danny would never be not champion. <laughs> no, actually, that's very true. Danny's the king of free uh, monologuing. Uh, I must say, I, I see what you're saying, James. I think I was a shooter of different personality types um, thing that I was looking into a while ago called the Enneagram. But I know that when you approach improv, I, as you could probably imagine, I'm not shy at all. I'll talk to anyone, their dog, I'll, I'll talk to anyone. Uh, uh, which I've still got my doubts. I drown it out with the sound of my camp voice. Um, but with <laughs> the way that I approach new things is I get really stuck in and I'm quite happy to fail and then have another go like a really drunk toddler. Um, but some people, the more theorists sort of people want to do better by sitting back, being a bit quieter, because then you get a better understanding of the entire environment. I, I wish I could be a bit more like you, Danny, and be a bit more reserved in my approach to new experiences because I think I probably would have copped up a, a little bit less if I had actually taken my time so it's not a wrong approach it's just a different one but that's one of the things yeah, that yeah. I actually love about about improv is that I can make as many mistakes as comes out of me but it's all right because sometimes <laughs> those mistakes are a kind of a win in, in a sense yeah. no in absolutely uh, and Hannah, how long have you been doing improv, Hannah? Uh, I've been doing it for about 10 years, believe it or not, but it's only really just become like a full-time thing since the mm. start of lockdown because it became a lot more accessible for me. I think like many people, um, the doors just flew open and it was all online. Um, yeah. Whereas before I knew of improv, I'd done bits of improv, but nothing really that I could sink my teeth into. So although obviously lockdown's been awful and COVID is, shouldn't exist, it's open doors that, you know, I'm very, very thankful for. And I think that's one of the positive things that's come out of such a horrible time. Yeah. Um, None of says, us would have met. None of us would have met. It's true. It's true. Yeah. And, that's what, and yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've worked with people like across the other side of the world, like yeah. at the, the limit, I only go to Wales. Like I am crap <laughs> when it comes to traveling. I go to Wales. But then I work with people from like America and India and like just places that I'm like, I'd just love to go there one day. And I'm like sitting there talking to someone. And I'm like, it's so weird that I'm sitting here in my room and it feels like we're in the same room. Yeah. It's so weird. I um, think, yeah. Yeah, I see what you were saying. It, yeah, definitely it's brought us together. I was thinking about, because I was thinking like, are you part of a, a group that regularly like gets together and stuff? Yeah, so I'm part of Boss Birds Improv, which is an all-women right. improv company in Liverpool. Um, yeah. I joined the company actually during lockdown. Um, I was oh, doing wow. the main uh, director, Emma Bird. I was doing, she's got a, an improv school called Liverpool Comedy Improv. And so yeah. I was doing just regular classes. Um, yeah. And then she just got in touch with me and she was just like, I think you're really good. Would you like to meet the girls? And then I was like, yeah, sure, a bit nervous about it. And then mm -hmm. met the team. They're absolutely amazing. And then the next thing I know, they were like, yeah, so great. Here's, here's a key. Come in. You know, and it was a bit like, oh, okay. But, you know, I started it. And then all of a sudden, it's like Extreme comes along. And then Chattanooga comes along. And I've done stuff with, um, what's the name? Second City Chicago as well. And it, it's just like... It's a bit mind-blowing when you say it out loud, really. It's like little me from Liverpool, all of a sudden I'm working with all these amazing people. And like, that doesn't happen you, every Yeah, day. I was going to say, would you have said, like, obviously, like, bring it 
slightly back to mental health, could you have would you have seen yourself in this situation as a as a person throwing yourself into these massive international groups and being like, yeah. all right, I'm Hannah, I'm gonna throw myself off a chair live on camera. What? No. <laughs> Not at all, no. I'm I'm as a person, I always like to say I'm like a true Gemini. I'm either too much or not enough. <laughs> I don't really have, yeah, I don't really yeah. have like a middle grounding unless I'm ridiculously tired or or drunk. So, <laughs> um, yeah. so like, yeah, thank you. Yes. Oosh. So it's like sometimes as myself, I have to hang back and I have to watch and observe. And in in social situations, one thing I was worried about coming into lockdown was how I was going to cope socially because obviously no one saw each other and it was like I'd go and see my nan and just be like you're right nan and then that would be it and like so then when lockdown started to ease I was like how am I going to cope but because I've been doing improv online I like tens it's weird to say that I'm 10 times more confident than I was going into lockdown coming out of it I mean I say that I'm from a place that's now got high three tier lockdown situation um, oh, so we are back in which is enjoyable um oh, and oh. so sexy yeah but um yeah like i'd never i don't know i think that's just my confidence because i don't think i'm good at anything so then when people say to me oh you know like you know you'd really be good at this this like team or you know oh well done you've done that and i'll be sitting there going thanks thanks very much but then in the back of my head i'll be going shut up shut up shut up why you're lying why you're lying hate compliments I, if someone compliments I me I they owe me money they owe me money can't do it. the only time i could this will sound really weird but the only time that i can deal with it is when i'm in character so when <laughs> yeah when i when i the first time we did werewolf and i and i won the first time as the wolf and i was and people were like oh well done like if that was people saying it to me i'd be like you know, but because I was yeah. still in this mode of character, I was like, well, thanks so much. I just do it on a regular, you know, but like, oh, I can't take compliments. It's awful. I don't, awful. I, I've, no, I've noticed that in quite a few improvisers that I've worked with through my time, a lot of people struggle with compliments. Mm -hmm. However, I also met a lot of improvisers that do ask for them, not asking directly, but will say things like, how did I do? Was I any good? Did I make a mistake? Was I terrible? Uh, we're prompted not to ask those questions in our group. We're prompted to ask, how was the show? To remember that you're not on your own on that stage. There's a few of you, and it's about serving the show and not your ego. But I find receiving compliments make me feel very uncomfortable. I've noticed a lot of, I'm very impartial. If someone compliments me, you're like, oh, thanks. And suddenly ask a question about them, usually about the space-time continuum, because it'll take more time. I Why? change the topic. It's yeah. interesting. It's interesting. I change the subject. They're like, oh, well done. I'm like, great. <laughs> Look at the weather. Isn't it awful? <laughs> like, like, I just change it because it's it's so uncomfortable. It's so like I like style. it as well because I'm like, oh, yeah. that's nice that I'm being recognised, and you know, it's always nice to get a bit of recognition. But then at the same time, I'm like, shut up, shut up, yeah. shut up. Zizi, why is it so horrible receiving compliments? <laughs> well, I, I was gonna say actually, I think when people like they ask, how was I? How was I? It is part of the same thing. It, it's probably less likely it's about feeding an ego and it's more likely about get, trying to gain some kind of reassurance you know mm, so people yeah. tend to come at it at, at two angles they'll either ignore and dismiss compliments or they'll try and get lots of reassurance and it's actually just That's two sides true. of the same of the mm. same thing um mm. 
and that plays out in normal life too you know that's that's not just a performance thing that's that's a human experience isn't it that we all we all experience at some time um i always yeah. personally i always just try and i always feel uncomfortable when i get um a compliment um but oh yeah always feel uncomfortable when i get a compliment but i always always try and say oh thank you you know and just acknowledge yeah. it say thank you and then and also shrink a little bit as well like yeah. oh I deserve this <laughs> Yeah. If I can just interject for a moment, just because we do have an audience and they've been giving oh. uh, some feedback. And... No, it's fine. It's fine. I, I've been trying to like, just edge in ever slightly, but everything was so good. I didn't want to interject properly. <laughs> if anyone's going to say anything about my driving, you're getting it. <laughs> I don't think I did, actually. I think you've got a pass there. Okay. Uh, but let's have a look. Um, so squirrel won't forgive me, way. We're going to have to... You have to watch the stream back to see when some of these comments came through just to know what they're referring to. Uh, but Marty Gordon on YouTube, who I think we've, we've met Marty. Of course we know Marty. Sure. Uh, sorry, I was going to say, I think we've met, but yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, he says, I feel the same way, Ashley. I'm not sure what that refers to, obviously. Uh, Tracy, I said. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Uh, Tracy <laughs> says, I think the fact uh, improv generally means a troupe, uh, means there is a belonging to a group. I couldn't agree mm. more. That is so... Mm, yeah. So experience. I have missed that so much in the past few years and getting back into it because of uh, Rona has helped me. So shout out to Rona. Um, Marty. Coronavirus. Yeah. Hello, <laughs> hello Rona. Uh, Marty says a lot of improvisers uh, are extremely shy, me included. Uh, Tracy responds to Marty saying, it's amazing that I can never tell when a group of performers who are out of that group would say they're a shy person. Uh, it's lovely uh, that Improv Night brings out a different side of someone. Uh, so th they're very active in the comments. I perhaps won't read them all. Um, Tracy says, ditto, bravo, Danny, for what you'd said. Uh, oh, yeah, that's for winning. Because Marty says, I haven't won one yet, Danny. Uh, so you haven't won one. Nancy says, I've only tipped my toe into Improv. Uh, but what I found difficult to do was to let go and embrace uh, that failure is fun. Uh, because mm. I'm so self-conscious, it was difficult. Uh, how do you all deal with that? My dog is literally trying to get in the room as I'm saying this. Oh, uh, it's, oh, it's, bring it's, him it's, in! Bring in the dog! I'll speak a bit for Nancy, because uh, Nancy's a very, very good friend of mine. Um, but also bring the dog in. Can we say it's a therapy dog? <laughs> it's a therapy dog. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of dog is it? Was it... So this is gonna bring <laughs> I think it's some kind of... He's oh, literally carrying the dog. No doggy. Dog. Oh. The dog looks like Stacey Solomon. She's so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that's an insult to the dog or just Stacey Solomon. Um, so yeah, I was just speaking on behalf of Nancy. Nancy is a friend of mine and she won't mind saying that she has um, difficulties with anxiety and uh, and she gets um, she gets support where and when she needs it. Um, and she did tip her to, and I, as long as I've known her, she's been one of the funniest people that I know. Very, very quick with words, a pun smith, if you will, um, and uh, very, very chatty. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to people like face to face, but I think the idea of getting on a stage for her was quite terrifying, although she has been seen several shows, but when it came down to it, she was obviously excellent and she was fantastic in the shows. And I was lucky enough, because Lee knew that, um, I think Nancy was a bit about doing it. He put me in both shows with her and um, she was fantastic. She was great, um, and it is. And I was absolutely 
amazed that somebody who does suffer with anxiety like she does did that. And I think it's because of also how much fun she was having in the classes because all mistakes were celebrated. Uh, you kind of problem solve things that you could do differently together. And it was, um, yeah, and also I think it was that sense of belonging, meeting new people that you would often never meet in any other walk of life. And um, I think also, that I think because I've, a lot of people that go to improv, it does seem to attract people with, um, it's not all, all everybody with all their mental health issues, but it does seem to uh, attract us. Um, we were also more forgiving of when somebody needs time or somebody needs space or somebody needs different ramps to support them into the um, group. And I think that's why it's um, so good because it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy of love. I like that. That's cute. Cute, innit? Yeah. <laughs> I think there's, there's something in that kind of like when you're, when you're being someone else or you're playing a character as well, you know, there's something quite freeing. Mm. If you're normally um an introvert person or or you're normally having to like me having to think about what you're saying and um you know being quite aware quite self-aware then to be able to just jump into a into a character where you can be really bloody horrible if you want to be or you can mm. <laughs> you know you can do anything you want really this i think that's yeah I also think people, I think, I can't remember who said this, but people that have been through more can laugh at more stuff. And I think people that have had issues with their mental health often look at the world a bit different and can often, as a, as a defence mechanism and their own personal support mechanism, find the funny in almost anything and everything, including made-up characters and situations. Like, you're suddenly, you're, you're a Swedish camel that's arguing with its neighbour about Wi-Fi, but you still find thing in it to make it human and draw life to it and I think that must be a transferable skill that from life experience that's so attractive I've never thought about that yeah okay so uh sorry about uh interruption by little buddy there he wanted to make a cameo appearance lovely <laughs> so beautiful <laughs> yeah a point I wanted to make just on what I was talking about uh when buddy appeared uh, was going back to Nancy's comment that you then were both discussing about embracing failure. And for me, the idea, one of the things I always teach and direct with improv is that if something, if you do something and it goes right, great. If you do something and goes wrong, great. There's really, it, it's, it's a win-win situation if it's a lose-lose situation because, uh, when we're when we're performing improv we're acting and just like in every walk of life things go wrong literally every film you see isn't someone always getting something right it will start off something will go wrong within five or ten minutes they'll spend the rest of the film trying to put things right we deal with things going wrong all the time and when we're performing and it's like oh that didn't go great then I always say to people, we love watching bloopers, we love watching uh, funny videos of people tripping over or saying something silly. And if you just like, know that, well, if you say something very witty, something smart, something very clever, the audience will be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that was good. If you say something that's the complete opposite to that and it's ridiculous, the audience will be like, that was ridiculous, that's funny. And and you'll, you, you kind of can't lose. And when you... When you understand this performing improv it's so freeing mm -hmm. it's yeah. it's so liberating because something for me again 
saying that I feel an incredibly shy person. Um, I know that some people say they perform on stage and like performing and they like doing improv because they get to be someone else. They get to pretend to be a different character. For me, I would actually say, and I'm sure others probably should connect with this, I'm sure I'm not alone in this, is that when I'm performing, I feel like, well, now I get to be me. Um, so it's not that I go on stage to not be me and to be someone else. It's like, well, this is me. Hello, everyone. And this allows me to be in front of people and say, oh, I'm going to, well, I, I get to do whatever I want, silly. And afterwards, you know, it's just like, it breaks the ice so much that you can talk to people and say, yeah, that, that was, you know, that was fun, wasn't it? And, oh, you found that funny and it was fun doing it. And, you know, did you enjoy it? And, and when you get that again, like I think Elkie said earlier, that instant gratification, that response from the audience where you do something, you get that feedback and it's like, I enjoyed doing that. You enjoyed watching that. You called out suggestions and stuff like that. We were all having fun together. And that's something which is so amazing about uh, in particular improv, like performing in plays, you can get that kind of response as well. But I think with improv, it's because you're being spontaneous and creative at the same time, where it's like, oh, it's something that came from me. You can feel proud of the ideas. And it really just, it gives me a boost in any day when I do improv. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I loved what you said there about it's bouncing off of other people. So it's it, it's a team creation. But yes, there's things that you create yourself you can be proud of, but there's also like um, like the things that, that are coming are like a reverb from what someone else has given. You know, it's a ripple mm. effect. Um, and so that creates connections with people that you probably might otherwise take years to build. You know, the, yeah. but because you've had that 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 relationship in that scene where you've developed something and you've bounced those ideas off each other and you felt it together in that moment, you know, you create a connection with someone on that level that that isn't isn't made in an instant normally. Yeah. No, I agree. I think I think about um we're always taught in our class that uh, improv is about teaching people to be four year olds again. <laughs> because we've been all these barriers throughout our lives, our coping strategies. But meeting another improviser, um, because obviously you are kind of like weakening your boundaries to be able to make your uh, uh, improv successful. Um, like, for instance, when I've had one-to-ones with uh, Elkie and Hannah, when we've been setting up, uh, doing bits here and there, um, the connection's already instant, because although you may have different improv styles, you already know that the other one probably will get on a stage uh, get on a stage and has no shame and so they're not going to judge because improvisers really we can't judge because we don't want to be judged and we just don't judge and i think that's why it kind of works because improvisers are often a type of person who doesn't like barriers and kind of wants to smash them all down hmm. yeah yeah well, that's why no carry on Elkie. Um, it, it also goes to the point that um, Hannah made earlier about um, about uh, people feeling weird about getting compliments, right, off stage, right? But we have no qualms about getting the compliments while we're on stage, and the the compliments are is is the the feedback, the laughter, the mm. oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no whoa okay that that's 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 our that's our um 
that's our compliment and we love it because if we feed on it but when somebody's in our face saying that was great mm, <laughs> <we didn't laughs> yeah that's true right it's it's like i i um i mean i don't have the same uh qualms about getting compliments my thing with compliments is i always feel like i say the wrong thing back i, I don't feel like i'm appreciative enough because you always want to like when you get a compliment you want to you want to give that person the 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 benefit of knowing that that you appreciated them coming to you and, and even saying that because they didn't have to mm. they could have been like oh you know that was a good show huh? i'm going home but you 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 said oh oh that was that was funny that was great you you took the time to say that so it, I feel like okay I should feel um, I feel the the need to let them know okay well thank you so so much I I, um, I appreciate it and sometimes I feel like was that did I sound sincere because I have a tendency with me I'm I, I'm very dry I have a very dry uh, tone at times. Um, most of the time, um, and uh, and and when I talk, I I I, I sometimes I, I'll throw a joke in there, but because of my tone, people don't understand that I'm joking, and they take it for for serious, and they're like, but "That's because you're in America." <laughs> I have a very similar experience. I often joke with people that, like, on my acting CV, where it says like vocal quality. It's like sarcastic because when I try to sound sincere to people, yeah. it, people just don't believe it. And I'm like, no, I like that was really good. Like, okay, David. Okay, I'm like, no, 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 that's the same with me. Yeah, exactly yeah. the same. I think it must be a comedy style. Maybe it's just our style. But whenever I, if I also go to like a proper eye contact, well, obviously eye contact's a challenge with me anyway. But if I'm not trying to like give eye contact and give a face to face compliment, it, it's first of all, it's awful. It's just awful for anyone involved. It doesn't sound sincere. It sounds like I'm forcing it. Usually, if I'm complimenting somebody sincerely, I always follow it up with an insult because then it makes me feel better. Like there's balance. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've got a comment on my on my stream actually from sort of earlier on in the conversation uh, from Liz, who says that she's listening, um, but she can't relate. Uh, to the discussion because she loves circle dancing and she plays the ukulele in a group but she doesn't improvise and I'm wondering what what would everyone in this panel say to somebody who's watching that enjoys creative things but has never improvised before well first of all she does circle dancing yeah what is that circle dancing um I think it's when well I don't know it's when you dance in a circle well, I guess. regardless <laughs> regardless there's dancing involved and uh, she should be able to relate because with dancing there's also lots of improv you got to see what works right so I'm sure she she can relate because um improv is just freestyle acting yeah. She she knows how to freestyle dance. I'm sure she's, you know, gone off that circle, made some squares. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what square. Uh, wait, wait. Circle, yeah, basically circle dancing. Dance. Yeah, circle dancing line dancing. dancing, but round. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. No, okay. it's not. I'm lying. Uh, <laughs> we, we need you I to let us know, Liz. Someone <laughs> in the audience, tell us, what is circle dancing? <laughs> yeah, please do. Uh, I'm going to look it up. I'd be interested in Danny's response to this because I think because Danny mm. started improv, uh, like that he's had done, been doing the shortest amount of time out of all of us, so he's got the freshest take 
his first foray into improv. Yeah. Uh, you might have a great insight so, um, into this, Mr. George. Well, we'll, we'll see. So, um, yeah, so um, I, I, th I think it wasn't for like several months until Portsmouth Improv, so it's the Darren first show. Um, <clears throat> so when I, would, when I was also given a chance to do that, I was like, yeah, I'd be up for that. And then it's like, then it dawned on it, oh, hold on, there's a live audience. Um, do I want to do that? And it's kind of like, oh, no. And then it's like the um, internalizing all of the, like, you know, the self-doubt and the concerns like, what if I do something wrong? But then um, when it came to actually performing, um, like when I got, it wasn't really a stage, but when I got into the performing area, um, you know, it, it kind of, like if, if you're doing it with a group of people, um, I imagine that would be the same with circle dancing, um, I hope. Uh, when you, but when you're there with everyone else, you're like, okay, well, we're all in this sort of together. If, um, if it goes well, it goes well. If it doesn't, then it's not, it's not just solely on you. Like it's not, it's mm. not like it's your fault that you went wrong. It's like, okay, well, let, let's, as a group, let's see what we can do. Because I think we had that conversation after. Like, okay, well, this is what we this is what we think went well, this is what I think we can improve upon, um, this is what we're aiming for next time, and it's like not spilling my fries on the floor for a start, um, so yeah, it's like just you know, it, having the confidence to um, not just rely on, on yourself, but also on your, on, your, on your group, your colleagues, your, your peers, because mm. um, it's not, I think, I forget if it was David or Ashley, but someone said that it's it's not just you at the end of the day. Mm. Yeah, it's, and you get that in dance. Everyone. It, it mm. it's the group. Yeah, yeah. And and actually, yeah. I feel like I need I, to. Sorry, go on, David. I mean, uh, Danny. Sorry. I was just going to say. Um, <laughs> probably none of you know this, but I used to when I was um. Trying to think, when I was about fourteen, I I also started doing dance. Not circle dancing, admittedly, some sort of hip hop slash street style thing. Um, <laughs> so I can kind of understand Liz's perspective from a dance um, environment at the same time, because it's mm. exactly the same thing. It's not just you, it's um, other people on there performing with you. Mm. So, um, you know, not, no one's going to be like singling you out. They're just going to be like, wow, this, this group is awesome, or yeah, this group, they're good. Yeah. Or, That's true. Awesome. Yeah, I also thoroughly recommend your friend who's commented, ZZ, to go and see a show. Go and see a short form show. It was when I went to go and see the first one that my group does. Halfway through, I thought to myself, "I want to be on that stage," and that was that was that was the moment. Mm. I want to have as much fun as they're having. And you know what? Mm. I I feel like I I need to kind of make a bit of a confession because I feel like that I have pro that obviously haven't. I haven't been doing improv comedy for that long. <laughs> um, and But I have I was doing acting before. I've been acting for a long time, but I was always a straight actor. I've always perceived myself to have very little comedy, um, uh, you know, in me. But um, And that show where Danny and David met, I was meant to be there and I actually chickened out. Um, Were you indeed? Yeah. Okay, that's <laughs> some time ago now. Yeah. It's, that rings the vaguest of bell to me. <laughs> yeah, I was. This has turned there. into a teller novella. Like, I know. I yeah. feel like I'm on the hot seat now. Wow. <laughs> oh, do you know what? Like, 
this okay so this almost comes back to my memory just about like thinking <laughs> on the day who we're expecting who's going to be there kind of thing oh you should have done it that would have been lovely but i know next I know. time next time when we're in the real world down that neck of the woods yes i will just come briefly to yeah. some more of the comments because the comments are coming through thick and fast uh so we'll try to get to some of them uh pablo lewin on facebook says it allows me to be a child again play 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 uh Kapithev says extreme improv gave me my first halloween experience um i love halloween but i don't get to celebrate because it's not tradition in my country so dressing up as dracula and doing the show was a blast that was great. I was, yeah, um, I don't know that that related quite to... Well, we look, great that you've got Halloween Look, I'd love him. But, but the great thing that I can take from that is it allows you to do things that perhaps you wouldn't do otherwise. It, gets you, it allows you to explore things yeah. in different cultures as well. So, but let's have a quick look what else we've got here. Uh, very nice. I, I will read this out, uh, even though it just compliments me. So we say about taking compliments. Oh. Uh, Trace says the improv community galvanized quickly thanks to people like David. I thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for a compliment like that. It's very, very kind. Uh, Tracy says to Hannah, you are the bomb. Tracy is just showing the love to everyone right now. Um, let's have a look. Oh, look at oh. that. Tracy says something I've been doing uh, is complimenting nonstop whenever I can. So I've seen a few people like uh, John Nugent do it. John was on our show a week or so ago. Uh, sharing Facebook pages and showcasing improvisers, and it's lovely. Uh, scroll down, see if you've got other people's comments. Not that there's anything wrong with yours, Tracy. Um, let's have a look. Uh, Nancy says, thanks for your feedback on that. It's great discussion. Thanks, guys. Uh, yeah, loads of lovely comments. Um, Pablo's written a little monologue for us. So I won't go into it all now. But he says, uh, improv has helped me in real life when I can start conversations with anybody and real-time play with normal people, for example. So I used to travel a lot with improv. Uh, I'm not going to read it all, Pablo, but what I'm going to take from that is... Normal people. <laughs> normal people, non-improv. <laughs> Normies. But, like, okay, something I think is an area that we can discuss a little bit here is applied improv. So taking improv skills and applying it to workplace situations everyday life uh does does it help you to be able to strike up conversations now i'm going to say something which may contradict it slightly just to give us something to talk on it because i'm such a shy person for years and years people would say oh but david when you're on stage this and that david or just will just be a character and for me i'd always say it's not 100 percent the same so i can't decide well, I'm just going to say something silly or outrageous like I would on stage. And because it's a different context, the things I'd say on stage don't always 100% apply to real life. No. Um, exactly. So there are things you can take from it. There but are. it isn't just a given. This is one of the things that people misunderstand about me is that they'll be like, David, you're an improviser. David, like even with doing the shows during lockdowns, like, David you talk all of the time and stuff like this but then they meet me in real life and I'm super shy mm. and I can say that improv especially but acting has really helped me but uh it's not a hundred percent guarantee that if you're a, a good improviser or confident improviser that it hundred percent translates to what you're like in the real uh, world 
I think one thing that it does do is that those first interactions are often possibly going to be more successful interactions because I think we're taught in improv we have to read our scene partner we look at their body language we look at the character they've created we're, we're looking at the emotional choice they've made and we will oftentimes either purposely then change our character to suit it whether we juxtapose it or whether we meet it or do a derivation of it and because of that we become more observ observant of another person's um traits and i think when we meet strangers you do start to look at their body language a little bit and see are they first of all is this the kind of person that wants a stranger approaching them um but also what kind of approach are you going to take? Is it somebody that wants a, a confident approach or do you think you're going to start mimicking them a little bit? So I think there is actually subconscious transferable skills we learn in improv to mm. make them more successful. Mm. I don't know if you agree or not. I, I completely agree. Uh, Hannah, what would your thoughts be on that? Um, yeah, I would say that I agree as much as I don't agree. That's not helpful because... No, it's completely helpful. It's because uh, for me... Yeah, on a personal, personal, um, no, I have very um, minor Asperger's, which I think I mentioned last time we were on here. And I used, not so much now that I'm older, but when I was younger, I used to struggle with eye contact and I used to struggle with reading people and knowing what, how to approach people and how to start a conversation. And I never used to be able to get my words out, but then doing the thing is, with what was easy just said, what Sarah just said, when she played the straight characters, I was always put as straight characters, and I was always doing the big dramatic Shakespeare, which sounds really weird because I'm a bit of a clown as well. Um, and then all of a sudden, I did this really weird turn where I went into comedy, and I enjoyed it a lot more than playing the serious because it felt closer to me as a, as I know myself. So being able to do more comedy-based stuff and then moving into improv. Um, now when i meet people in wherever the setting is i have this moment of in my head i go oh my god oh my god oh my god but then what actually comes out is just an everyday normal person and i actually told someone that i'm quite close to the other day who didn't know that i had very mild asperger's and i told them and they said well i'd never know because you're very confident and i said but the thing is yes i'm very confident but you don't know how long it's taken me to be like that mm -hmm. and even that very confidence that you see I don't 100% feel it. So it, it, it is me, the person you meet, but there's the other side of me and this is where the improv hasn't helped because I still question every single damn thing that I do and I say, but when I'm doing improv, I don't give a flying moo. So it's absolutely, <laughs> it's absolutely fine. You know, and people have said to me before, you know, you go on stage and you're just like this big character and then you come off stage and you're relatively quiet. And I'm like, yeah. And there's something that David said before, actually, when you were saying about going on stage and having that escape as a character. I feel that as a character, but when you can walk on stage as yourself and go, hi, I'm Hannah, this is it. Then it's like, there's just such an amazing feeling because you're like, I'm not hiding behind a character anymore. This is actually me just doing improv as myself, playing all these games and showing what I can do. Then the little character's coming because they always have to somewhere because we're all a bit crazy like that. Um, but in real life, when you can actually like just go into a situation, because like with jobs that I've had in the past, I've actually been let go of jobs because of my aspic uh, nature. And I've not always, I, at that point, I didn't know 
that that was the reason and it was only as I got older and I started learning more about it and how I could fix it and then find it actually to be honest with you improv is what's fixed it because I've learned how to read people through doing improv which is a very strange thing to do um mm. so yeah it's helped me as much as it hasn't but the more I do it the more I love it and how the more I sorry how old were you when you were diagnosed or when you okay. found out here's the thing I so my mom was a specialist teaching assistant and she always kind of knew that there was a little something there but because of all the drama and all the working with animals that I've done in the in the past and still now it was never 100% clear when I became when when I became a teenager because that's the thing when I was a teenager it became even more apparent um I was only diagnosed at the start of lockdown wow oh wow but it's been a thing for that long and the thing is God bless the NHS, but there's only one person in Merseyside who can do that diagnosis. So I've had to wait for a very long time, all whilst knowing. So when he said, oh, yeah, no, you are, but it's like a very small percentage. And it's just the slight social side that you will be able to deal with at some point if you can find a way to cope with it. I was like, I already knew this. Did I need the diagnosis to know what I already have? <laughs> Anna, can I ask? Getting, no. getting that diagnosis... Um, yeah. Does, did it did it change anything about how you looked back on things from the past did it say like well I, did it allow you to think well i can look at myself and think differently about how I, how i view things or interact with the world around you anything like that um there was a lot of things that when i when i got the diagnosis there was a lot of things that looking back i really regretted because 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 in my head, I knew that it was probably what it actually ended up being. I suppose I could have probably started helping myself a little bit earlier on. So I think that was my only regret, that I could have done something earlier. Um, st stayed in jobs that I enjoyed instead of being let go because, you know, I'm a crazy person. Um, but then at the same time, no, as well, because what happened in the past happened in the past and I couldn't change that, but I've learned from it now and so I know moving forward what I can do to help myself and I'm always very very happy to talk to other people who are in a similar situation where they're on the spectrum but it's the smallest size of it so it's like the first five percent so we almost don't exist in a way which is like really scary thing to think because we're there but we're not there saying so we're like a deadly fart that's the only way I can think yeah. about it kind of just we're just there, we just linger, you smell us for a minute and then we just evaporate. And then we just come back when you have another curry. That's kind of like what it's like. That's what I feel it's like. <laughs> and then I, say, then I say stuff like that and I regret it straight away. No, thank, you for coming, thank you for coming for Hannah's TED talk. Hannah, <laughs> <laughs> you said, okay, you, said okay. you knew, you kind of knew that before they gave you the di diagnosis. So you like, you had read up on it before or something? Uh, yeah, I'd read, I'd not so much read because I'm a bit lazy, but watching on YouTube, um, a, a, a guy who is a professor in, um, oh, I forget what his name is. Well, he's a guy anyway. And he, um, does stuff with people who are on the spectrum, crossing the board, ADHD, Asperger's autism, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I started watching Asperger's in girls because it's different from girls to boys. Um, and it's different with your age group as well. On top of that, whatever life you have led and things that have happened in your past that could trigger 
you as a person. And so I started watching him and there were moments where I was like, that's me, that's me, that's me, bloody hell, that's me. And then there were moments where I was like, no, can't relate to that. That's not me whatsoever. So all the relations that I had, that's the 5%, but everything I couldn't relate to. And there were more things that I couldn't relate to actually than there was. So that was kind of why I was like, am I, aren't I? Because am I meant to be the full thing or is it? But it affects people in different ways. So when I when I finally got the diagnosis, it was like, actually, it doesn't affect me all that much. It's more me and my head kind of thing and how I need to cope with it, if any of that makes sense. Yeah, yeah I can relate to that. Does, mm. yeah. That's um, why that's why improv is, is, is being such a big thing for me because I can, I can, I did a, a amazing teacher from america called jay suko and i did a class with him uh well whenever i can when i can afford it um and he uh basically said just embrace the weirdness if you're mm. weird go weirder and just mm. embrace it and it really it just stayed with me because i was like yeah i am weird and Absolutely. i've never embraced that and, uh, and maybe also, i should i'd also argue that you can tell an improviser that's forcing the funny people that who are innately weird uh an improviser that i think about and he uh we all know him very well <laughs> he's called james day uh he is one of the most unique people i've ever met in my life he's he's totally honestly himself uh doesn't put a front on he's he's genuinely him and then when you put him on a stage for an accent game he can't do any accent i got him to try and do his own accent he couldn't do it himself <laughs> and he couldn't do it but the, the issue with him he does it as best he can and he goes at it 110 percent. and that's why for me he's one of the funniest improvisers i've seen on the stage because he's unabashedly him and he embraces all of his weird and he just kind of goes with it and this that's the guy, thing you know, that is sorry the, sorry he's a guy that I think the other thing that I'd like to add very quickly, sorry, I'll just interrupt because if I don't say it now, I will forget because uh, many brain farts have happened today. Um, oh, if uh, it's partying all night. If um, in the acting, in, in, in the creative industry that we are all accumulated and part of, um, my Asperger's exists. In the outside world, it doesn't exist. Meaning there are more people I know from the creative world, our little creative weirdness, who know more about my Asperger's than people outside. Mm. So, I, and I like to keep that that way because I like to separate it. So in the outside world, when I'm doing something that's not acting wise, I'll be quiet, I'll be awkward, and it's totally fine. And I'll sometimes I'll slip in and out of being me, which is totally great. But I mean, when you're working with horses that need rehabilitation, I mean, I don't want to be weird when one of them get kicked in the head because that will add to the weirdness. Um, <laughs> so that kind of stays there. But in the acting world, I feel safer being it. It's that safety. That's what it is. It's safety being able to say, you guys are in my world. I'm in your world because we all do the same thing and we all love it. And this is me and hold that and I trust you. But in the outside world, I'd never do that because yeah. it's labeled disabled in the outside world. And it's discrimination and if you don't understand that you're scared of it and then yeah. you know i think that's why i've lost jobs as well because people don't get it you know mm. or they don't that, feel like i could do anything that's I why no one on the out no one on the outside of the creative world knows that i'm gay 
Okay. <laughs> I love um, Sarah Love first. <laughs> <laughs> One of, I think, the thing that really spoke to me about that um, conversation that you guys were just having there uh, was about this. So earlier I mentioned that I chickened out of a show and, and, and I haven't been doing comedy that long. Um, and one of the reasons for that is because I, I am, I'm very dyslexic and, um, and as a child I had ADHD um, and I had a lot of problems as a child. And, and so I've always viewed myself as a bit weird um, and, and I've always struggled to understand some people's comedy and I've always struggled to kind of like, you know, like I can't do the alphabet, for instance. Um, you know, and I, I have to, I have to go like this on my hand to know my left and right. And so sometimes things just go over my head. Yeah. I do all that with my hands to, yeah. to I don't know yeah. syllables. It's all good. And sometimes I struggle to say words. Um, and, and I've worked a lot academically to get past my dyslexia and, and all that kind of stuff. But when it came to comedy, um, I, I used to do a little bit of, um, of, of murder mystery stuff. So that's where I started with the acting. And then I did a bit of drama teaching and, and, and a few other things. And someone from, um, from the days when I did the murder mysteries, because I think there was a little bit of comedy in some of my characters, we were still very good friends, Paul, and he um, he said to me, "Hey, look, you know, we 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 really need some people to get involved in this comedy stuff." And then he also told me about Brian's improv sessions um, and got me to go along. And and at first, I was thinking like, "Well, I can't do comedy, you know? What are you talking about?" <laughs> but I was quite. Um, I was quite kind of taken aback by the offer, and I thought, "Well, you know, he obviously thinks that I can, so I'll give it a go." <laughs> um and yeah and I just felt for a long time that I just couldn't do it because I just don't understand stuff I don't get it and then I realized doing some of the extreme stuff which I'm grateful for Danny sort of encouraging me to do is that actually it doesn't matter if you don't understand you you can just say you don't understand and then that's quite funny <laughs> you know and then just trying is enough you know and people people are grateful for that that effect and um and so also it's helped me to sometimes learn like I, i've actually become a little bit more astute in the things that before really confused me so <laughs> Mm. Yeah. If I can add to that, actually, it's easy. Speak a little bit, like behind, like behind the scenes, behind the magic sort of thing of it. One of the ways I've like designed extreme improv is like saying it's extreme and stuff like this. I will say, and I don't mind saying it on this stream like this because a lot of people who are going to be watching this are going to be interested uh, in improv and this sort of thing. So I don't, I don't mind like revealing this behind the scenes uh, aspect to it. But like having some of the harder, more extreme games, it's to present to the audience that oh, there's going to be something challenging, knowing full well that there's there's a fine line where we just are right, right on the edge of it. Of things are challenging, so people don't really expect us to do well, and because it takes away and it sets up the expectation of you're going to see people fail at something, but they're going to try 
the audience, the psychology of it, which I'm so into audience psychology, is they want to see you try. If you fail, they didn't have a huge expectation you, that you're going to do it because it's hard. And a lot of people say after shows, I don't know how you do that because I couldn't do that and stuff like this. But again, behind the scenes of it, once you've played a lot of these games, you get the idea of it. You know what works, what doesn't work. And sometimes you'll achieve and you'll do well and they'll be like, wow, that was great. But then when you attempt to do something, when you're told to do an impression, when I, when I first put together Extreme Improv and I said, like, a big thing we're going to do on the show is impressions. We're like, we can't do voices. We're not, we're not John Coleshaw. We're not, yeah, um, what's the other, Alistair McGowan or someone like this. We can't do impressions. I was like, that's the point. We can't do impressions. Um, we're going to do the alphabet backwards and we're going to do the alphabet as it's written on a keyboard. And everyone's like, I don't know that. So then that's where it's going to be fun. Because if you if you go into something and people might say, or with dyslexic or they might say like they might say like hannah says like what's a syllable some people literally don't know what a syllable is uh to begin with and you have to explain it's how you break down a word and they'll be like oh i can't do that and they'll be like you'll be fine then <laughs> you know yeah. because if, if you if you uh we set up the expectation that we're setting someone uh, something difficult to do and uh just the fact that they're going to have a go at it gets the audience very much on your side and they're like willing that. you to do well you feel good because you're having a go at it when it doesn't work out you all laugh together and and i think there is an aspect from an audience perspective that when you see someone do something that it's a weird thing and it's a little bit of a british thing in particular we'll see people do well at something and if they're doing too well the audience will suddenly want the underdog to do well they'll want the underdog to beat them where if, many years ago when manchester united would win every single year people just wanted someone to beat them in snooker there was the player stephen hendry seven-time world champion people were more interested in seeing him defeated than we're yeah. interested in seeing him win in the end and it's it's a weird psychology mm. but when you set up like a show with the idea and again, for people that do watch uh, like our show, I'll say to people, if we do like the single syllable game or the um, or questions only, which can potentially go on indefinitely while someone's going well, I tell people that the psychology is that if you're doing too well, the audience won't be rooting for you anymore. They'll be nope. rooting for anyone but you. Yeah. So there is a thing in that I'll say like, when you're doing so, so well, you've, you've had your stage time, you've had your laugh, do something silly, get out of there, give someone else a turn. And yeah. the audience won't feel, I'm not saying that they feel intimidated or threatened that you're doing too well. It's yeah. just that you're relatable if mm. if you go wrong. Because everyone Because then you're you're serving, you're not serving the show, you're serving your ego then. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's I uh, in our showcase that we do, uh, uh Lee, who we met at the last uh bit uh, he, he's very much the UJ, but he, he runs our Laughter Academy. He also is often the compare of the show. Hmm. And we also call him Bad Bear when he gets grouchy with the audience or he's doing whatever he's doing, uh, or audience control. But he tells us in practice uh, the reasons why we don't uh, chat back to him all the time during the games and things like that is because he wants the audience to be on our side as the improvisers. And saying and when he makes games harder and he puts us in more crap they want he wants them rooting for us 
And that's why he also promotes the same idea. Like if you're doing that, he'll always pair up one person who's really good at accents and one person who's James Day. Uh, Or one person that struggles with accents. And um, he'll always... (laughs) Um, because and he Poor says James, he, he's been through it tonight, hasn't he? <laughs> he has, yeah, he has. We love him, really. He bought me a board game. He beat me at a board game on Saturday, so uh, he deserves it. Uh, um, he'll always do that because, and also, no matter what, the audience will always laugh harder at the person that can't do the accent. They will mm. always get the bigger laugh because they're more relatable. That's the thing that I've found, yeah, in, in doing improv, that's what's made me fall in love with it, really, is that um, it doesn't matter that sometimes I've got no fucking idea what's going on. And I recently did a, a, yeah, and I did a workshop with uh, the Pack Theatre in, in LA uh, because the magical thing about lockdown is we're like world accessible now. Um, and one of the things that that Miles um, said on that was that if you don't understand what's going on, just say. You know, don't try and play the scene. Just just say, look, what's going on? <laughs> you know, and yeah. and then the audience quite like that. Um, yeah. And it gives they you. They don't know what's going on either. Yeah, and it, and it gives yeah. you that that bouncing board, and um, yeah, and then some, you've got something to play off. And so I yeah. was told. I was told never to apologize, mm. which is really yeah. difficult because I say sorry about just breathing sometimes. <laughs> when when mm. you are when you are in a scene and you do something wrong, you're like, oh sorry. And yeah. it was uh, it was actually going back to Jay Suko because he's an absolute legend. It was actually him who said to me, "Why are you apologizing? Stop apologizing. You never say sorry. If you if you've got yourself in the shit, just swim out of it. Like yeah. you know, you don't have to." ask someone to throw you a rope, get yourself out of it. And there's such an amazing feeling about that. So like, I hardly ever apologize now in improv. I just apologize everywhere else. Yeah, unapologetic Hannah, we call it. Apart from, apart from when I can't do single syllable words, I'm sorry, just to, you know, say a word to get out because I know I can't carry on. But I think that's going to- What, Danny? So you you can, instead of saying sorry, you could just say soz. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, Scousers have many ways of saying sorry. I'm just polite about it. Um, yeah, uh, but I think what you were saying before, David, about you know setting up extreme and how you've done it and everything like that. Oh, when we're going I for was a compliment. Doing, uh, I thought I thought you were going in for a big compliment, then, Hannah. Sorry, I was getting ready for the tension to build. Hang on, hang on. I've I've not finished easy. Hold your horses. Um, a lot of horses. A lot of horses tonight. A uh, lot of horses and farts. Anyway, um, yeah, when I was doing the thing with Second City, um, they said to me, is there a show that you've been on where you feel like it's a safe place to play? And I went, yeah, actually there is. And I said, it's a, it's a, it's a company called Extreme Improv. And I said, because the thing is, I said, I remember my first show and I was absolutely terrified because up until the first show that I did, which, which I wasn't just saying, um, I I hadn't actually <laughs> I hadn't actually <laughs> done a live improv show. I'd done more of the training of it and that was it. And I was absolutely terrified, but it was so safe. And it was just like so again, so unapologetic. And it was funny that people were making mistakes. And like David, you know, when you lead it, there's there's no you don't feel like 
you're going, oh, she can't play this game, or oh, she's rubbish at that. Oh, oh, for God's sake, I shouldn't have said yes. And then obviously you get more people who come onto the show, like Power, who is an absolute legend in my head, doesn't know what's happening, but it just works every single time she's on, and I just love her for it. So also, it's, it's like, I know she doesn't say sorry either. She's on a podcast. No, she doesn't. She just goes with it. I, everyone should be more Howard. But, um, but yeah, no. It, just in case Howard is watching, or just in case she's like, what do you mean I don't know what I'm doing? Howard just dives at things, uh, and sometimes you'll get a sense that it's like she hasn't followed a rule or something, but she goes for it, and it's always brilliant. So. And also, she's always, no matter what, really, a firm favourite to watch, because she yes. just does her, and no one else can do it. Yeah. But I've, I will... I, I've been doing improv for as long as I've been doing it. It shows the amount that I've been doing it, and I will never be able to make an audience laugh as much as how I can. Mm. And everybody else in this group, of course. But it's just... Yes, no, you've I, said it now. Yes. Yeah. Well, well, I've been taught not to say sorry, so... Um, uh, <laughs> and what I was trying to say was extreme is great. That was what I was trying to say, but I was going around a circle to make myself sound really intelligent. So, uh, just say a couple of other comments that we've yeah, got. Yeah, go for it. Um, we need to begin to wrap things mm. up sooner rather than later. I've noticed we've lost uh, Elkie just because I think she had to get somewhere or do something. Get in a car. Um, but JD on YouTube says, as someone who's still relatively new to actually performing improv in this capacity, you guys have all helped me with my mental health a bunch. Uh, there's not a lot of improv where I live, so it's wonderful, which is a very nice compliment again. But yeah. also, like I'd say to anyone out there, there's uh, there is more, there's like areas where there's a lot of it, and there's some places where there's not so much. But the, one of the great things about improv is that you don't need six months of uh, rehearsals and set building and learning lines. You can just get some friends together, even if you're not performing in front of whatever, and just. Uh, you know, play some improv games, play, you know, look them up, and I'm, you know, I'm not trying to plug something, because I couldn't plug something. Here we go. But what I was going to say is, you can look them up, literally just look up YouTube videos of whose lines are anyway, see what the games are, yeah. have a go. When you do them, they'll be like, you'll, you'll probably feel like, oh, that yeah. didn't go as well for us as them. And I can say that if you watch them, you can think, okay, so what did they do that worked? Uh, what did we do that perhaps didn't work? And it, oftentimes it will be down to characters saying no. So shall we do this? No. Oh, why didn't that scene work? It's because she said no. Try saying yeah. yes. And you can apply this to real life as well. Obviously, you don't just say yes to everything. But if you find that you're a more accepting, go along with ideas, don't second guess things and just give something a go. Good stuff will happen out of it. One other comment I do want to come to. Oh, actually, there's been a couple. But Pablo wrote this long speech for us earlier. I didn't go over all of it, but he said something interesting I picked up, picked up on at the end. Um, he says, improv allows me to look at the world from different angles, some of which I didn't even know existed before expanding my mind through improv. And what that brings to me is there's an exercise, a game that we'll do in improv, which is called New Choice or change. There's lots of different names for it, but basically um, a character might say, like I just uh, gave the example of, shall we go to the beach? And another character might say no, in which case the scene stops dead. Um, if like the MC or someone was to say new choice and that that no was now erased from the script, 
and they'd say yes and when we're at the beach we can search for treasure that and if that's your idea and you say new choice and that now means that's been erased from the script as well the performer will have to come up with another option so if it's going to the beach and you are going to go there but you're not going to search for treasure you can think what else can i do at a beach let's go surfing new choice what else can i do at a beach let's go ride a donkey new choice and it's like oh my god what else is there and what the lesson i think that something like that can teach us is within anything you do there's always several options of things you can do and some people just look at the first option but if you new choice yourself in your everyday life you can see oh wow there's all these different branching options from lots of things you can do which will give you new options of things you could do when people say oh i don't know what to say next in improv you can say anything you know you can say any number of things and the the thing that your scene partner said to you before you spoke uh is like a starting point that will branch off in a million different directions and the first thousand directions will all be very connected so if it's uh going to a restaurant let's have some chips new choice let's have a pie new choice there's all and they're very uh connected but you can also find lots and lots of uh other options so looking at things from different angles i think is something that pablo says about that improv really really can help you embrace that's fantastic and and i really like that because um often you know you could you you can use that in many ways and we're coming to to mental health if if for instance um you have a habit of of kind of deciding what people think of you you know or deciding what somebody's behavior must have meant that can be a really great skill in terms of looking at the alternatives so okay maybe you know they didn't smile at me this morning because i upset them but maybe they didn't smile at me this morning because, you know, they were thinking about dinner or they had an argument with their partner or, you know, their, their shoes were hurt in their feet. You know, there's that idea of just kind of generating lots of different alternatives can be a really helpful technique when it comes to, to just dealing with, um, with self-consciousness or feeling awkward or just kind of worrying about how things in life you know just coming up with alternatives so i'm really, really just like to say my mind is absolutely blown because i did not think about it that way so like i've learned something this evening thanks very much you two that was great absolutely thank you uh zizi i was going to ask do you think that is there a reason obviously from your professional experience perhaps why some people and why i think quite a lot of people will think oh that person didn't speak to me and i'll go to the negative reason first um for for a lot i mean i don't know that we have a scientific sort of proven idea why that is um but the theories might suggest that um we set up the way that we view the world and our assumptions on we're children um so we would we would uh, when i'm in in therapy what i often i often refer to is is think about the brain like a forest um so when we're children we set down our path through the forest so we set down these neuro pathways and pathways. oh i suddenly just got an echo then yeah i had that too and then there was two okay definitely goes it's gone anyway that's all right i'll carry on so yeah so think about the brain like a forest you, you you take a walk through the forest and you lay down that path you're walking that 
that path through the forest when you you start going down there when you're young you're making your way you're working out everything making your assumptions about the world finding out what works what doesn't so you're laying down your neuro pathway and then and and that that path sometimes it makes sense to you at that time you know but later in life it can become quite rigid it can become quite inflexible way of seeing the world and that can come with problems um so when we think about cbt and trying to change or you know you want to try and change the way that you're thinking or change the way that you're viewing things um we first need to look at how you found yourself on your path you know understand what things in your past influenced you to make those types of assumptions and to think that way in, in everyday life um and so I, I refer to that as being like your meerkat. You're being a meerkat in your forest. You're sticking your head up and you're taking a look around and you're saying, okay, what, what influenced me to get here? You know, what's, what things have I experienced that make me automatically think this way? And when once you've been your meerkat and you understand that, you've then got options and you can decide to to do things in a different way try something new you forge your new path and that sort of gives us like the, the plasticity of the brain so that the the brain has this plasticity where we can we can find a new path we can find a new route um but when we first start trying that it's hard because it's not it's not beaten down you know the brambles are there the bushes are there we need to beat down that new path but the more you take it, then the old one gets grown over, you know, and your new path becomes more and more established. And so, you know, the brain works like that. That basically is the, the plasticity. And people talk about, um, about finding it harder as you get older. But plasticity of the brain doesn't actually change. All it is is that our perception of our path is much, is a, is a, um we've known that path for longer so it's harder to redivert you know yeah. but we can the ability is there the plasticity doesn't change it is just the perception of how it feels when you try something new Brilliant. Um, okay i think we should just looking at the time begin that, to that make sense that was a great way to put a button on things though Zizi. <laughs> it was yeah really really was uh, any any final things anyone wanted to say if they hadn't got to say them though yeah oh, the one thing oh danny oh, first no no ask, danny first. Ask first oh i just wanted to say about um one of my penny drop moments was when i'd done a scene and it hadn't gone particularly well and it's because my scene partner was reasonably new and i'd been getting a lot of no buts and um i was doing the right thing of dropping my clanger and going with their idea but it was obviously it was because they were nervous but i just wanted to know i wanted to know for myself like why does it make me feel so rubbish i think it is because it feels like someone's rejecting your gift but obviously i've, I've then learned my own way to get around that and find the fun in it as well because being no butted all the time actually could be quite funny because that is basically new choice but um i found at the same time i was having issues with a manager of mine who for some reason we couldn't see eye to eye and we were having a lot of spats and it was because they were no butting me so often but i wasn't i was refusing to drop my clanger and um so i started to um have more fun in those conversations and i got sacked no i didn't i, uh, I ended up being the, the uh, 
the relationship greatly improves. And so I think also the impact it has on your communication style and looking at where somebody else is coming from um, impacted on me positively. Hmm. Okay, Danny, did you want to add anything? Yeah, no, I was, I was just um, going to sort of bounce on the back of what Zizi was just saying, actually, about the, um, um, about the, the, brain the brain. forest thing. Um, yeah, I think that's that. something, yeah, I think that's something that I can relate to on a personal level, actually, like, and, and still to this day, it's something I struggle with. Um, Ash, I think, I've also, Ashley might have an idea, because I mentioned it in a comment on something on Facebook, but, um, you know, it's just, Doing improv as well is sort of slowly sort of helping me to find that new path, I guess, as it were. Um, so yeah, I'm just grateful not just for obviously uh, possible improv experience, but also for the chance to also perform with David in the extreme improv group, and uh, also Donovan. If people remember Donovan from New York City, yeah. so I do a lot of stuff with him as well. You've been getting out there, haven't you? But I have. no. <laughs> Oh really that's cool but what yeah. you're saying you know bringing it back to what, what relating what I said to, to to improv is so true you know you can use those skills to to, to find your new path to play out new mm. scenarios to look at different alternatives to find ways of looking at the world in a different in a different light yeah mm. yeah Hannah do you have anything to add uh, no, no, I just really love tonight and I love talking about this sort of stuff. And I think as much as it's beneficial for everybody watching, it's very beneficial for everybody who's taken part in it as well. I mean, because I, I never thought about different perceptions in terms of like that game. Like mm. that's just literally blown my mind. But like, <laughs> yeah, I, th I think it's very beneficial for everyone not just people who watch but also everyone who takes part and i think anything that evolves around what we're talking about today is so important and needs to be spoken about and needs to be acknowledged and understood and i think that's the way forward really for everyone to feel like they belong and everyone to feel like they're appreciated and respected for being the person that they are whatever stage they're up to in their life confidence wise or whatever so um yeah yeah whether it's finding a new pay path or whether it's actually just embracing your path and saying yeah i'm i'm weird and that's okay <laughs> i am yeah. weird and that's okay yeah but also when i'm stressed it genuinely feels like i'm go undergoing deforestation of my uh forest <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to know about your deforestation love <laughs> you better keep that to after 12. <laughs> i had a gender reveal party in my head it's all gone pretty tongue <laughs> On that note, guys, uh, I just want to say, uh, ZZ, you, you sent me these just before we began. I've just put into the chat on the Extreme Improv pages uh, the you. details on the charity. You can go to the website www.goodmentalhealth.org.uk. Uh, there's also a link I've put to make a donation to PayPal for the charity. Um, and I think I put them in reverse order, strangely. Uh, so that's what that PayPal is. Um, do click on it and make sure someone else doesn't sneak in a PayPal link. <laughs> so I'd hate to have done that. It's like, um, but I uh, do. I think it comes up, doesn't it? It comes up. It should, it, yeah. yeah, it should come up as the donation link. Thank you so exactly. much. Uh, but yeah, so that's they're in reverse order, but they're both there. Uh, let's just find out where you can find everyone. Uh, again, it was it was so good to do uh, this 
a second edition of Improv and Me with slightly more breathing room. I'm mm. sure we'll do another periodically. It seems like it's good. It's, yeah. it's really meant a lot to me having all of the comments that we've had, uh, people talking about this. It's, it's really nice that people have shared some stories with us as well. Uh, we'll certainly um, we appreciate that and uh, we welcome more like that in the future. And I want to thank everyone for being so open on the show and sharing personal stories as well here. Um, I will I will get the ball rolling first. Uh, my name is David Postansky. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at David Postansky, which is spelled P-U-S-T-A-N-S-K-Y. Um, for Extreme Improv, the one thing I will ask of you is that in about two or three weeks time, we've got the Extreme Improv Team Championships coming up. And literally in about 20 minutes, uh, we're going to do an announcement uh, video where we're uh, announcing who's in what team. It's going to be a draft. So check that out in about 20 minutes at youtube.com forward slash extreme improv. I'm done plugging here because you're going to hear me plugging a lot of stuff in 20 minutes. Uh, <laughs> Hannah. Uh, no, not like that, Ashley. Um, okay. okay, Ashley. Um, sorry, Hannah. <laughs> what would you like to do? Who do you want? Who's your favourite? Oh, oh, Danny, 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 you're next though. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> now let, let Anna go first. No, it's, you've got a beard, you can go first. Ashley's got a beard. Yeah, but yours is not good, Danny. It's not as manly as All right, so Z, Z, check this out. I made this. Hey! The first of I, might, I might update it because I think I could do better than just a long link, but that you can find us here on Facebook. Is that um, Comic Sans? Probably, I don't remember. <laughs> Classic. Clearly. <laughs> uh, Ashley, what font are you using? <laughs> I'm using Impact. Um, uh, no, uh, I am uh, on Facebook. Uh, I'm, I've commented a bit in the comments below. Uh, I don't really have any um, professional things, but I'm part of the Laughter Academy in Southend. And we are a lovely ragtag group of people who accept anyone and everyone because we believe that anyone can be an improviser and we welcome you along okay uh hannah uh i can be found at boss birds improv which is an all women's improv company in liverpool at the moment we are trying to bring more women into the world of improv whether they have done improv before or not so uh get in touch with us and we'd love to jam otherwise you can find me at uh, extreme this thursday this Friday, double bill, um, and also improv Chattanooga. And if you're very good at not sleeping, it's Saturday morning over here at 1 a.m. till around 2.30 a.m. Okay, and ZZ. Um, so, so I'm um, Creative Mental Health, as you can see behind me. Um, I'm also uh, on the committee for the charity that's been put in the, in the comments box, which is the Good Mental Health Cooperative. Um, and you can find me on my Facebook page, YouTube, or look me up on creativementalhealth.org.uk. Brilliant. And um, obviously we mentioned earlier that we're going to have a special show as part of the festival Friday at 7pm. Uh, do you have any other things just to plug? People know where to see the next... Thing. Yeah, actually, um, Pi Portsmouth Improv Experience that um, Danny was just holding up. Um, they're doing. We're doing a workshop. Brian's running a workshop for the festival for us on Saturday. 
Um, and so if you go to the Facebook page, you'll see a link for signing up on either mine or or the improv. And then next week we've got um, we've got what we call our, our mental wealth trialogue session, which is basically an open conversation, very similar to what we've had today. Um, but it's within a closed group. It's not streamed out. Um, anyone can come. And the idea is that um, there's there's no set agenda. We start with a question and the question will be set on the previous group. Um, and then we just we just talk about mental health. And the idea is that everyone has a wealth of knowledge um, and everyone's voice is equally as, as valid. Um, and we listen and we respect each other's points and we and we just it's a really really inspiring event so maybe some of you guys can come maybe some people out there watching are interested um it's going to be our second one online so it'd be really nice to have a wider feel for it because we've we've been running them in portsmouth um and southampton areas for some time uh, but being online means you know we, we we've got a broader reach so yeah Brilliant. So with that uh, from everyone here, um, like I said, in about 15 minutes or so, we're going to get started with the Extreme Improv Extreme Team Championship Draft Show, where we'll be announcing which teams will be uh, competing against which teams, who the performers will be that will be part of each team, and also which teams uh, won the vote this week to decide the extra teams that will be joining the championship itself. So... Um, with that, from me, from everyone else, until then or until next time, thank you so much. Stay safe. Thank stay you happy, so much. It's been a great night. And look after Protect yourself. your trees. Look after your yeah. trees. <laughs> and, and the trilogue is the trilogue is Monday, okay, by the so way. So we're off the air on Extreme Improv. Okay. I don't know what's happening over on ZZ. No, we're still on air. One minute. Let me let me stop it. I'm going to go to my ending. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye